right, welcome to the Sporting Ones podcast with Rowan Hados, your Premier League preview slash wrap episode seven. How are you doing, Hados? Yeah, not too bad, Paulie. Keen to get into tonight's episode. Yeah, Friday afternoon and all that. Let's uh, get it cracking. So quick recap on last week, and there were a few big winners and a few, well, one big loser and some minor losers. Um, so I guess more, we'll start off with the uh, good news story. So we'll start off with the winners. So Man City had a huge win over Huddersfield 6-1 with Aguero just uh, nicely slotting away a hat-trick. Um, Chelsea beat Arsenal in a uh, bit of a goal fest at Stamford Bridge, 3-2. Uh, Bournemouth um, surprisingly upset West Ham and... You'd have to think West Ham would be disappointed with their start, given all their signings and their new manager. And uh, the other big winner was Liverpool away to Crystal Palace uh, in the late game for the week, 2-0. Very clinical performance, especially defensively, not allowing Crystal Palace a clear-cut chance at all. Yeah, um, I thought that the results pretty much went the way they were supposed to, probably minus the Man U defeat. Um you know, Man City do what they do, and Liverpool look like they're um, going to probably battle it out for the top two at this stage. Yeah, I think both of those two are going to be uh, the ones challenging for the title, with Chelsea not far behind, which, um, given their start, uh, they've been uh, pretty good uh, so far. Yeah, the big loss, uh, the big losers out of the weekend were definitely Man United. It, it wasn't so much that they lost, given they lost the Brighton there last season, but it was how they lost. They were deplorable in defence. They were all over the place. It was shambolic. It was unlike Man United. And the fans are on the edge. They know this is Mourinho's third season and they know where it can all go awry. And uh, there's obviously clear uh, issues with Pogba and Mourinho. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see what Jose does to change up that defence because, um, yeah, they, look, they looked all at sea and... He doesn't really have too many options. I think uh, he might have a little bit of a spite with Valencia. Looks like he's firming to play this week, which will be uh, much needed from uh, Jose. And, uh, yeah, it's whether or not they can turn it around or not. Sanchez looks like he probably will miss again. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they uh, shape up. Yeah, I think uh, he'd have to now, given the opportunities he's given to... um Martial, and given the frostiness there as well, you'd have to think he goes with with Lukaku and Rashford up front now, and um, just uh, sticks with that for some for some stability there. Um, Arsenal again. Look, I'm not going to um, slate them too hard. They've had Man City and Chelsea in succession. It's a really hard start to the season. It's from here what they do now in this good run of fixtures they have going ahead as to where they're going to be. <laughs> the only queries have been over really. Um, Unai Emery's starting lineups. They have been questionable, especially leaving out the likes of Ramsey, Lacazette, and uh, uh, their new signing in uh, Lucas to- or Luca Torreira. Um, so, from that perspective, that's probably been the only uh, sort of criticism criticism of him so far. Uh, West Ham with the other big disappointment, losing at home 2-1 to Bournemouth. Not a, at home, you'd expect them to be stronger than that. And... Um, Maybe it's the gelling of all the new signings. Maybe it's getting used to the manager's new styles. Maybe it's just all too much at the moment. But you'd hope, especially with the money that they've invested, that would turn around. And the other one, Burnley, at home, so strong. Uh, Usually losing to Watford. Watford have started the season actually really well. But Burnley could be in a bit of trouble um, early 
hopefully they can rectify it. But just their Europa League campaign just seems to be uh, derailing him a bit, Hayden. Yeah, I think um, Burnley traditionally just don't have uh, the sort of big squad depth that you need to make a real go of both the Premier League and the Europa League. Um, They had a disappointing loss on the weekend at home to Watford, as you said, and uh, already they're down the first leg at uh, their first Europa League match. And um, you really got to wonder how they're going to be able to back it up only a few days later, considering they pretty much played their starting 11 from the weekend. Yeah, which rolls us into this week. And uh, there's a few tasty fixtures, a few run-of-the-mill fixtures, um, but it's always obviously exciting in the Premier League. So Saturday night, the early fixture is going to be Wolves versus Man City. And Wolves will be um, hard to beat at home. They showed that against Everton. So I don't expect them to beat Man City, but I don't expect them to make it uh, easy for Man City either, especially since they've got... uh, Half the Portuguese national team? Yeah, well, they are Portugal minus Ronaldo, pretty much. So um, they look like probably gelling pretty well together. And at home, uh, this is really going to see what they're made of against Man City. No sterner test, uh, Aguero in hot form, and um, Mendy creating all sorts of havoc down the wing. Yeah, I'm liking the next matchup as well, because it's a, it's a battle of two teams who haven't had a win, and that's um, Arsenal and West Ham. Arsenal at home, you'd have to think, would get the win but given it's two sides who haven't won a game, it's going to be an interesting clash. And West Ham are uh, rated at $8 for a win and $5 for a draw. So there's a bit of value in the betting market if you're keen to have a crack. Yeah, and Arsenal, their supporters expect so much more. They're, they're used to dominant teams. They uh fed up with Wenger eventually, even though he was winning trophies here and there. But they just want to win more and win Premier League titles because that's the main thing that their fans want. And I know that they've had a tough draw, Man City and Chelsea away. But um, if they don't turn it around now and get this win here, then there's going to be all sorts of questions thrown at the uh, new manager. Yeah, I, I think really it's going to take him a couple of seasons to turn it around. It's not going to happen overnight. Uh, you've still got the likes of... Um, you've really got to see more out of the likes of Ozil and Xhaka. Not, not so much in the smaller games. They dominate those. It's the games that they've had against Man City and Chelsea where they just go floundering and they don't give you anything at all. They've really got to start to pull their finger out and start to show what they're capable of because they've both got equal... They're both equally as talented um, as what they're rated and they need to show that. Bournemouth and Everton up next. Mm, Well, yeah, two sides with pretty hot form in uh, goal-scoring form as well, which is always good form in the Premier League. And um, this could be one which just uh, has a lot of goals in it. And Bournemouth, they're pretty strong at home, evident uh, in really good touch. So this is going to be one to watch for sure. Yeah, well, it's really a case of Callum Wilson versus Richarlison. You wouldn't have really thought that. Uh, Callum Wilson scoring two and two, and uh, Richarlison uh, also on the score sheet uh, as well. So... Could be coming down to a straight-out uh, old-fashioned shootout. It could, but uh, Richelson's no um, no mug in front of goals. He, I oh know he had a bare season towards the end of last season, but he had the shots. He just couldn't put them away. So maybe his luck turns a bit, and you know he puts away 15 goals for the season. I think Everton would be pretty happy with that. Well, he does like playing under Marcus Silva, that's for sure. Uh, despite that, I think 
Bournemouth at home would be the safe bet in this one, and that's where I'm headed. Um, where we're headed next is to a battle of two sides that need to get points. And if ever they're going to get a points, they need to get it against their perhaps relegation rivals, and that's Huddersfield versus Cardiff. Huddersfield have been uh, disappointing, really disappointing. They wouldn't have expected to concede uh, six against Man City um, even though they're away from home, and they let uh, Chelsea put three past them. Um, yeah, well, we touched on Huddersfield before, and they didn't have any acquisitions to their list. Well, no, not too many notable ones anyway, and um, that tends to spell danger for most teams in the top flight. And, uh, yeah, they've started off really poorly, conceding nine already. Um, so, yeah, they're going to want a much stronger performance and to not have to uh, come back from any early goal down or anything. So they're going to want to start strong in front of their home fans and they need to get this win. Cardiff, on the other hand, will be buoyed by the fact that they, despite with Newcastle being down to 10 men, got a late, late, late penalty in the last minute of the game. And Etheridge, their uh, Philippine, uh, Filipino uh, goalkeeper, for the second week in a row, saved a penalty. This time, ensuring that Cardiff came away with a point, when perhaps they were staring at losing three points they shouldn't have. Yeah, huge effort from the uh, Filipino, probably with the most uh, plain name you'd ever hear from a Philippine origin, Mark <laughs> Etheridge. But, um, Neil Etheridge. Yeah, if he manages to save another one, that'd be the hat-trick, and I don't think too many people could lay claim to that fact. Well, that's true. And he is, uh, just as a, a little bit of a side fact, he is the first uh, Filipino to play in the English Premier League as well, so he's uh, definitely uh, making a uh, name for himself. Uh, next one is Southampton versus Leicester uh, on the sea, on the uh, lovely uh, coastal uh, coastline of England. Um Southampton have started off indifferently, as have Leicester. So this is another intriguing match early season. Yeah, Southampton have been pretty disappointing for me. They've got a lot of goal-tacking threat up forward. Um, Charlie Austin just knows where the goals are. And uh, they just signed Danny Ings, who um, played last week and scored. So they've got the people up there. But um, we're thinking that the problems might come from uh, further back in midfield. And they're just not creating enough chances uh, only two games, but um, yeah, I'd want to see a bit more attacking from them. Yeah, this could be a bit of a worry for Leicester. They've obviously they've sold Mares. We know that. Um, they have brought in James Madison, who dominated uh, domestically uh, for Norwich City in the Championship last season. He looks like he's going to be a tremendous signing. But now they've lost Jamie Vardy for uh, for three games. Yeah. That's going to hurt them immensely, I think. Yeah, we know what Vardy can do, score goals pretty much, and um, they're, they're going to miss him dearly. Three games as well is a hefty hefty price to pay, but um, yeah, maybe Madison or uh, Okazaki might be able to come in and fill that void for a few games. Yeah, even uh, Ian Archer, who was in good pre-season form, could come in and uh, bang a few away, but uh, I've I got a feeling, I, I don't want to say it because I hate dull games, but... Uh, it's got a. It's almost got a nil all written all over it, like it, like the um, Southampton and Burnley match uh, previously in the uh, season in the first week of the season at Southampton's home. So, hopefully not. Hopefully it surprises me and it's a four four thriller. But uh, I think this one might be a draw, um, either nil all or uh, one all. So that takes us to the final game, the late game on the Saturday, and it's uh, the flying Liverpool against also the flying Brighton. Yeah, and every time you say Liverpool, your eyes light up. They're in great touch, and 
um, at home here against Brighton. This looks like uh, a pretty run-of-the-mill game for them, the sort of form they're in. Salah and Mane in just scintillating form, and I can see probably both of them adding to their goal tally this year as well. Yeah, for me, no, he's just come back a bit off the pace. Uh, I'm sure it'll pick up, but uh, just from the World Cup, he just looks slightly off. But um, the man, the um, player that's exciting me is more uh, Nabi uh, Keita, the um, pickup from... Uh, Red Bull Leipzig, uh, he has been uh, something that Liverpool missed last season. Dynamic both in attack and in defence. And some of his passes he's supplied already, uh, although not converted, uh, have been uh, very exciting to watch. So they'll definitely, they're definitely benefiting from that, as well as uh, Alisson at the other end of the, uh, at the other end of the spectrum. Uh, just looks very much assured. He is a massive um, figure and frame, and uh, he looks like he's uh, ready for the Premier League. Brighton, on the other hand, they looked very, very good. They did what they had to do against Man United, and they did it clinically. So there'll be no pushover. They won't want to um, have the same scoreline they had at the end of last season 4-0. So they'll be looking to uh, clamp down and uh, probably clamp down on the Salah, no doubt. So this could be... Uh, it may not be as easy for Liverpool as what um, what everyone uh, thinks in this one. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. Liverpool, they're looking really strong and uh, yet to concede a goal. And at home, I can't see them conceding here, so expecting another clean sheet for the boys at Liverpool. Well, that would be three to start the season, so that would be a very, very good start defensively for a side that supposedly is not meant to be that good defensively. Well, I think that uh, opinion might be changing very, uh, very soon. So moving to the Sunday games, and uh, this one's got um, interest about it as well. It's Watford and Crystal Palace. Both sides have started the season well, although Crystal Palace obviously went down to Liverpool last week. But Watford's been a bit of a surprise packet. Yeah, two victories, uh, one away from home, which is always massive for uh, the teams that won't be fighting out the top four, top six sort of region. Um, But yeah, they're off to a great start. They have uh, Deeney up front, who's um, always a big presence, and... uh, yeah, on the other side of things, Crystal Palace have also been pretty impressive, certainly in that first week, and uh, they've got a lot of attacking prowess from defence. I've got some wingers that really like to push up and uh, get the ball inside the area, so yeah, this one will be interesting. I probably can see a few goals being scored here. Yeah, both not really defensively sound, although West, probably Crystal Palace would be the more defensively sound of the two. Uh, with uh, uh, Sacco and uh, Tompkins back there. Um, Watford with Pariah, Decore, Deeney, Gray. They've, they've definitely got... And, and Will Hughes is coming on as well. The uh, uh, talent that they signed last season uh, from uh, uh, Derby County. He's, uh, he's starting to blossom a bit after an injury average season last season. So both sides have plenty of attacking options. If I was Crystal Palace, though, I think having watched last week, Ben Teke has... He's he's got a fine form somewhere, but at the moment it's not going to be on um, in their first eleven because he is devoid of confidence. He needs they need to play Zaha and Townsend up front, and if they do that, I'm pretty sure that uh, Crystal Palace might come away with the points in this one. Yeah, that moves us on to uh, Fulham and Burnley, who we touched on before. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. Um, Burnley, as as we've said, they've struggled. They've got the Europa League. They've gone down 3-1, lost a player to a red card. Their confidence is low. 
Fulham have got it all there for the taking at home. Surely they've got to win this one. You think so? They've got a uh, pretty impressive lineup straight out of the uh, championship last year. They had a few good signings. They got um, Schürrle from uh, Germany World Cup uh, Liga, and uh, yeah. I think uh, they can take the points this one here. Well, you've got Mitrovic, who uh, they signed um, from uh, Newcastle, and he scored last week. There were chances they had last week. They could have really got a draw out of that Tottenham game, as much as that would have been uh, probably disappointing for Tottenham. They they had their chances for them, and eventually they're going to start taking them. And if they can take them in this game against Burnley, uh, then they'll start to get some confidence up, and they could be a really uh, surprise back into the season. Yeah, Mitrovic's another one of those goal-scoring threats at any time, and um, he certainly knows where the goals are. So he's going to be the front man for Fulham, and uh, I think he'll have a very good year. Yeah, it brings us to Newcastle versus Chelsea. And, of course, we've touched on Newcastle, who uh, suffered that... um, I guess Kennedy suffered the inglory of uh, not being able to convert the penalty, which would have won them the game with 10 men. They do somehow, over the years, have been able to cause Chelsea trouble at times. Um, At St. James's Park, they're always, always in the game, especially with the crowd behind them. So this could be an interesting game. And Benitez, the uh, manager that he is, knows how to uh, set up for these big sides. I'll be uh, watching Chelsea's game here with uh, great interest. Their wing-backs in Alonso and Azpilicueta, they like to get forward, and Alonso's in great touch in uh, his forward half, not so much in the back half, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can keep up that sort of form and add more to the score sheet or the assist tally. Yeah, well, Sari seems to be um, getting them to play more together, more attacking. They are in a different formation, uh, he seems to have them more switched on and up front. And Murata looks like he might be back to the early season form of last season, which is a huge boost for them because it gives them that forward target other than having to rely on Eden Hazard to always bail them out of jail. So I'll tell you what, I reckon this has got score draw written all over it. Mm, Chelsea for mine. Fair call. So that brings us to, oh, it's your boys, the big fixture on the uh, Monday Monday night over in England and the uh, Tuesday morning uh, down here in Oz. It's uh, Man United versus Spurs from Old, uh, Old Trafford. Yeah, and Spurs almost in unfamiliar territory at the moment. They've won their first two games. Harry Kane's put away a goal in August, and uh, they look full of confidence, and they won this fixture last year, so no reason why they can't do it again with Man U's defence in a bit of shambles at the moment. Yeah, Deli Ali's in a uh, in a good run of form. Kane's finally, after forty six shots, broken his duck in August. You, you thought it just wasn't going to happen to him because he had another couple of shots before the goal that uh, you thought, oh, normally puts them away. Just just the goal scorer he is, but um, finally he's broken his duck, so that could open the uh, open the floodgates. Um, settled defence as well. They're going with Davies and Trippier, and they're settling on Vertonghen and Alderweireld. Um, so I'd like Spurs to get a result, but the only issue I've got is that when Mourinho's back is against the wall, he generally produces a result. Yeah, but you're not forgetting that he's in his third year, and this is where it all turns against him. So let's hope that continues and Spurs get the win. That'll be great for uh, if, all Tottenham's. If it continues, then uh, there's going to be uh, there's going to be some big big. Um, issues at that club and uh, 
it uh, it um, it could be curtains for Mourinho in his third season. So let's uh, that's going to be an interesting weekend. There's some uh, good fixtures to look forward to. So we'll move into our next section, which is obviously the um, game we all have to play. There's five points, uh, five million worldwide playing, and it's the Fantasy Premier League. And what moves are we looking to make at this early stage of the season? Yeah, we'll just go across the lines, and uh, the goalkeeper's in good touch. Um, Edison from Man City managed to get a, a good result last week. He scored an assist uh, for Aguero's first goal, even though they uh, conceded a goal moments later. Um, so, yeah, he still managed to score above the, the normal two points. Um, Allison as well, he's kept a couple of clean sheets straight off the bat. Yeah, um, I, I took the risk on him early, and uh, it's paying off for me so far. And Etheridge, with those two huge saves from penalties, they are worth big points in uh, the FPL game. So here's another one. He's only 4.52, which is uh, dirt cheap at this uh, this game. Probably the keepest to avoid, and it's hard to say this given he's been a fantasy staple of many a backline over the last three seasons, and that would be David De Gea. Yeah. He's conceded more goals, or he's conceded more goals in his first two games this season than what they did in the first nine games of last season. Yeah, and you can put that down to Man U's defence just being in all sorts and um, without much options coming back in and, well, without quality, really. Um, you know, that could continue. And like you said, he's always in most teams for his reliability. But uh, if his men in front of him aren't producing the sort of defence that he's accustomed to, then he's vulnerable. Yeah, the other two at the moment that um, were sort of pre-season picks that I definitely mule, uh, muled over, and uh, but I didn't end up going with them, was um, Jordan Pickford. Um, after his World Cup exploits and heroics, um, thought that might be the way to go, but uh, they have suffered not their, their attacking form's good, but their defensive form, they've let in goals, and that's hurt Pickford. And the other one is uh, Fabianski. Uh, as good as he is with his save points, he just hasn't been uh, getting the save points, and he hasn't been keeping clean sheets either. Yeah, well, that's a disappointing thing for, for the keepers. If their defence doesn't pull their weight, then you know they'll concede, and then they're no good to you, really. Yeah, and so in defence, who are we looking at that we definitely want to have? So the main thing here is the defenders that have that ability to either chip in with an assist or a goal. Uh, there's a fair few of them this year. There's um, The big ones are Mendy from Man City. There's Robertson from Liverpool. Uh, players like Davies and Trippier from the Spurs. Um there's uh, a young one, a new signing, sorry, from Leicester, the Pereira, who's uh, got on the assist sheet two times. And those those players, they're half the value of the, the big forwards like Bamiang and Kane, and they're producing numbers equal or better. So they just represent really great value, and uh, they're the ones that you want to target at the moment. And probably the one you also want to, if you can afford it, spend the money is probably Alonso because he looks back to that 2016-2017 form where he just seemed to assist or score or he'd get an assist when there was a clean sheet and you just got double-digit uh, double figures coming out of your defence. That's right. They sort of have the uh, added bonus of if they do keep a clean sheet, they get this, um, the big clean sheet bonus. And if they get that score assist, then, yeah, we're looking at double digits and that's um, pretty good value for 
They're around about the six, six and a half mil. And then also the positive with Alonso is he does get on set pieces as well. So he does take the corners and he does take free kicks. And as we've seen in previous seasons, he's not bad on the uh, old dead ball and he can uh, put it in the back of the net. So who are we looking at then from a midfield perspective as to who we can get in at a high price and also at a low price? Um. Well, I think uh, Mane from Liverpool, he looks like he's in great form. Uh, they have that really attacking uh, game plan, and he's uh, very capable in front of goals. He's got his buddy up there, Salah, and Firmino is probably going to start helping him out soon. Um, on the cheaper end, Richarlison, we touched on him before. He's putting away some goals at the moment, so he's in good form. And uh, another one would be uh, Fraser from Bournemouth, who's had a good start as well. Yeah, I noticed you've got him in his in your lineup. You jumped on him pretty early, and you've been happy with his uh, his results so far. In terms of that, if you were given a choice and you had to choose between Mane and Salah at the moment, who would you choose? Well, you'd have to say Mane. Mane, sorry, simply for the fact that he is four mil cheaper, and it pretty much just comes down to that because that's uh, money that you can spend elsewhere and uh, get fill the points that way if uh, Mane struggles one week or over a couple of weeks, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've liked the... There's a few players I've looked at, and I've liked the look of uh, Bernard uh, Bernardo Silva as well. Had a good World Cup and seems to have started off the season well, although was shifted out to the right wing last week. So that's a bit worrying, a bit of a concern, but um, I, I think I'd still stick with him early. Yeah, and also from the same team, David Silva, he... Um, played outstanding last week, a man that really didn't have much of a preseason and uh, wasn't spotted until he miraculously started and then played so well. So he's another one with uh, De Bruyne's injury. He's going to play a lot of minutes. Um, on the other side of things, there's midfielders that are not in so great a touch. Uh, players that come to mind, Ericsson. I was going to say, your boy, you've yeah. uh, you've had to cut him early. I you've, had to, yeah. You've, you've been brutal with him yeah, and you've absolutely just cut him loose. It hurt a lot, but... Um, when you got Trippier, who scores from uh, dead dead balls like he did on the weekend, you know he's not going to take the, that sort of responsibility off him anytime soon. So that diminishes his uh, his threat from that sort of range. And um, yeah, with that deeper role that he seems to be playing, he's not really getting um, forward and producing assists like he might have in the past. And then you've also got uh, Lingard as well, who's been disappointing early, probably more due to the World Cup. Um, and there's some other. Uh, Hazard uh, Hazard hasn't really played yet, um, so there's a few of the and De Bruyne is obviously out um, out uh, injured. So a lot of the heavy hitters are not at the top of their game. So you're really looking at uh, your sort of 6.5 to nine mil range of midfielders and complementing your midfield around that. That's probably the best way to go at the moment, I think. Yeah, and uh, another one to look out for definitely is Mkhitaryan. He shows those, he has these games where he just plays so well, looks a world beater. He tends to go missing after that, but if he can keep it together, he's uh, nicely valued at 7 mil. He's got um, great attackers up front in uh, Bamiang and Lacazette, so... Yeah, if he gets on a roll, he's going to be worth um, his weight in gold. And their fixtures, uh, if ever you want to get on him, I mean, these are the this is the time now because his fixtures are uh, brilliant for literally the next uh, eight or nine game weeks. So you can literally set and forget on him 
and uh, go from there. Uh, in terms of there is there is a couple of bargains at the lower end. Uh, the likes of uh, Jorginho, who's uh, on penalty duties for Chelsea. Kante's playing more advanced as well for Chelsea, both around the five mil mark. Uh, Ruben Neves, uh, Will Hughes, who we touched on earlier. And uh, also there's, there's, a, there's a few others around that mark. It's just looking at what their form is like what their fixtures are like, and whether they can come in and have an impact for your side. Yeah, that's basically what we look at doing each week. So, yeah, no reason to change that sort of strategy. And then to the forwards. So now we've got a bit of a uh, bit of a conundrum because Kane's actually scored in August. So you'd rule him out normally, uh, but now he's scored in August. He could get his confidence up and uh, could start banging him in. Lukaku's obviously uh, got one last week as well. So... Just starting to just you know it's uh, all the big guns are just starting to heat up. Aubameyang's got those good fixtures that we mentioned. Aguero scored a hat trick last week, so probably where you're not spot for choice at the top end with midfielders. Forwards, it's the opposite. Yeah, and with Kane, he's uh, once he scores, he doesn't stop until the end of the year. So. You know, if he could go over 30 goals this year, he's a must-have in your team. Um, he does come at a really high price, and it's hard to fit both him and Salah in there, but you find a way. Um, Aguero, it was great to be on the end of his 20-point uh, effort last week with three goals and an assist. Um, and, yeah, I think Aubameyang has been disappointing, but he's had his chances, and as he said, the fixtures are great. So a goal and plenty of them, probably not too far away. Well, surely he couldn't miss from three yards again. I mean, he started off his Arsenal career so well uh, last season. He had a full preseason. He didn't have a World Cup. And then he's had the start of the season uh, where we thought, even though he's playing the big clubs, yeah, he should get a goal or two. And then he skies it over the bar from three yards. You wouldn't read about it. So... Yeah, I'm sticking with him. I've got Aubameyang and Aguero. Um, I, I, I outlaid the cash and sacrificed other areas, and hopefully he'll start uh, he'll start paying me uh, in return. What about some of the cheaper strikers? I mean, I went to Josh King, and he's uh, he's done nothing for me uh, as much as I thought he would. And you've got uh, guys like um, Zaha or Nordovic who are around there scoring. Well, who are the options that we can look at from say that eight mil down to five mil mark? Yeah, um, probably Mitrovic. He tends to put them away. Like you said, Anatovic, Zaha, they're always constant threats. Um, players that, uh, you know, just play a lot of minutes up front. Uh, so there's Callum Wilson, who's probably doing what Josh King should be doing. Yeah, I probably should have gone the uh, Callum Wilson trade there, but he burnt me last season, so I vowed never to uh, trade him in again. And now he's gone two out of two. And the other one from Southampton, no signing, Danny Ings. He yeah. knows how to score. Oh, he do- Well, he does when he's fit. The issue with him is can they keep him fit with those previous two ACL injuries he's had for the rest of the season? If they can, he's definitely got the potential to score, and uh, I think he's might be uh, he's one to look at at 5.5 of uh, getting in your lineup, and uh, I think I might be doing that this week. Um, so I've got uh, two free transfers, so I'm happy with that, and I reckon I'll... Uh, Add the uh, extra additional negative four in there. Don't be afraid on a week where you roll over your transfer to take that third transfer. Have a mini wild card, and that way you can reset your team a bit. Yeah, and um, players up front that aren't getting it done at the moment, they probably need to be shipped off. Um, Chris Wood, um, he was one that a lot of people looked at uh, just plainly for the fact that he's Burnley's main man, and they had really great fixtures, but his time's running out for him, so... 
he could be off on his way out. Yeah, that that's a good point. Yeah, you've got to have not be afraid to bite the bullet. Sometimes you've got to give your strikers time, and other times you've got to bite the bullet. If it's early in the season, I think you bite the bullet. Yeah, I think uh, luck plays a lot in this game. So, yeah, we'll see how that one pans out. No worries. So that brings us to an end for this episode, episode seven of the Sporting Ones podcast with Rowan Haydos. And we'll look forward to speaking to you next week on episode eight. Have a good one. Good luck to your teams. Good luck to your fantasy sides. And have a great weekend. Bye.